Welcome to the podcast arm of the redeemed Christian Church of God, Peculiar People's Parish, based in Regina, Canada. Our mandate is pursuing his purpose, pronouncing his power, and proclaiming his praise. You can subscribe to our podcast channel today, so you never miss an episode of our podcasts. Be blessed by this teaching. Into the Word of God uh, within the time frame that we have. Uh, it's laid in my heart to speak to us on what we call, prov- what I title Provoking Covenant Blessing. Provoking Covenant Blessing. Dear Lord, I pray that the entrance of your word will give light unto us today. And Lord, it will bless our lives in the name of Jesus. Grace, O oh Lord, to connect to this word and to get blessed through it. Lord, release upon us in Jesus' name. Blessed be your name, O God. Breathe on your word. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Promoting, I mean provoking covenant blessing. Now the aim of this is to examine ways to provoking covenant blessings with God. We have had, you know, as uh, uh, the prayer session was led by my wife, uh, we have heard about Abraham. We've heard about all these beautiful, wonderful people. How they were able to touch heaven, even though they live on earth. They were able to bring heavens down. Have we not wondered that we had some of these names and we would almost think they are not human beings? They were. They moved heaven so much that heaven has to yield to them. Some of them made heaven stand still, even in their own days. People like Joshua, who calls on the sun and says, you will not move until I revenge my enemy, and the stones too still. The Bible says there was never on earth, neither would there be any other time that God will listen to a man like that. That's covenant blessing. That's, that's surprising that human can shake the entire world, can make the heavens to shake, even because of, the, of, their, of their position with God, of their character with God, of their work with God. So we want, we want to understand that it, it, this does not end up with them. This does not, I mean, when it comes to covenant blessing, you and I can consistently have this result. It does not end with them. It's not just, oh, in the days of Noah, in the days of Abraham, that's all the day that God is making. No, God is still making covenant with people of these days. If you and I can do what they do, can press into God as much as they press, we will get the same result. Now, don't forget, the purpose of this is to show to us, to astray ways by which means we can provoke covenant blessing with God. How do men and women of great exploit attract God's blessing? How? What did they do? What difference happens to their life that we are not seeing today? Now, we talked about blessing. When you define blessing, in one of our Bible study days that we taught on covenant blessing, basically, we said blessing is any benevolence or any act of favor given by God. Any benevolence. When it comes to Joy, peace of mind, rest in your home, sound health, sound mind. These are blessings. Blessing is not just, I mean, blessing is not just referring to money. You know, many people, when they talk about blessing, we think money. Money is not all that it is that is in blessing. In fact, if money is all you have, you're not actually blessed. Because the real blessing is not just in money. The real blessing is in satisfaction of life satisfaction of life when you're you're when you're you're in your academic life and you are doing well you are blessed 
You may not have money. So when the scripture says Joseph was blessed in the prison, Joseph was blessed in Potiphar's house, a slave in the prison, a slave in Potiphar's house, a, 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 a criminal, supposed criminal in the prison, the scripture called him blessed. So if Joseph was blessed in Potiphar's house as a slave and Joseph was blessed in the prison as a slave, then blessing is not just money. Blessing has to do much more than money. So what is blessing? Every act of favor, every benevolence that comes from God. Can somebody look at himself or herself as I'm blessed? Are you truly blessed? Then say it, I am blessed. One more time, I am blessed. So blessings of the Lord, the scripture says, it now maketh rich without hiding sorrow. It is now the blessing that maketh rich. So the blessing can bring friendship, people, gift of men and women around you that will support you. That's blessing. When you look at your children, you look at your grandkids, or you look at your family members, or you look at your church family, and you look at your people in the community and say, Father, I thank you, I am blessed. I'm not living in a Walton area, region. I'm not living in, in, in penury. Lord, I can feed myself. I am blessed. I am blessed. Say one more time, you are blessed. And so it is in Jesus' name. Now, what is covenant? It's an agreement between two or more parties sealed with a token. Two or more parties. Now, when you agree with someone to do something, you can make promises as much as you want. But if those promises are not sealed with something, it's not yet a covenant. But when you take a step and you say, we are, either we are signing, you're covenanting, or you are giving a token to say, I give this in exchange for that, you give me, I give you this. And so many people in the occult world, they do a lot of covenants these days. So that there will be no return. Because sometimes when you make this covenant, there's no turning back. And the beauty of it is that when you make it with God, God does not break covenant. God does not renege on his promises. Every other thing can happen. Everyone and heart can pass away. But God is a covenant keeping God. These are things or encounters that people have that provoked the names of God that you are hearing. Some person will say Jehovah Shalom. It came from an encounter. Jehovah Jireh came from an encounter. When you talk about Jehovah Rapha, that's from an encounter. Jehovah Rohi is from an encounter. So, and I pray today that an encounter that will bring the name of God, that will birth God's name personal to you, you will have it in the name of Jesus Christ. It will get to a time that you will know God personally, not something you were told. It will be an encounter. You will give God a name that is so personal to you because you have, you have met him in a place where he has blessed you. So covenant is an agreement between two people that our two parties see with a talking. Now, this put together is called covenant blessing. So I'm not just talking about blessing. I'm not talking of generic blessing. I'm talking of covenant blessing that has to do with a token of agreement. And so God has this with so many people. And God can still have with you and I. In this generation, we can so much walk in the ways of the Lord that God will look at us and make covenant with us. I'm not talking of generic covenant you made with Abraham or anything. I'm talking of a covenant you will make with you yourself. One man walked with the Lord several years ago. In this, our current generation, his name was Pa Akidayomi, the founder of Redeemed Christian Church of God. And the Lord covenanted with him. Even though the church was all that was there was in Nigeria, Lagos State. And that was it. He said, this church will go further to the hands of the world. 
And when I return, this is the church that I, this is one of the churches I was timid. We are talking of many, many, many years ago in as early as 1950-something that God made such a covenant with that man. And you and I, some of us, were not even born at that time. But I tell you, the covenant that God made, the man has long gone, gone, gone to glory now. But that same promise the Lord made to him is coming to pass today. That's why you and I, we are here. Under the same church that God covenanted with. There's possibility with you walking with God to an extent that God will just say something that your generation will not recover from. As we have causes that move from generation to generation, so we have covenant that goes from generation to generation. And I pray that this morning, the Lord will stir up in us ways to provoke these covenant blessings in the name of Jesus. One of these ways that we have shared this morning, and I'd like to quickly share some few ways that the Lord dropped in my heart, and we'll stop wherever we could. One of it is fellowship. Finding time for God. Finding time for God. Everybody say that. I want you to say one more time. We may not know, but please know today that when you put God first, he puts you first. And when you put God at the back seat, he puts you at the back seat too. He said, I will honor those who honor me. And those who despise me, I will lightly esteem. I will lightly esteem. When you find time for God, when we find time for God, God has no choice than to find time for us. That's what we call intimacy. In other words, when you want to please God at all times, you put him first in everything you do. You, they, they, there are people that their relationship with God on a daily basis cannot be tampered with. You can tamper with everything else. But this time allocated to God, nobody tries to tamper with it. Nobody, nobody takes that time from me. When you are, we walk with God to that extent that come rain, come sun, whatever comes on you, that moment you have dedicated to God is sacred. You are shifting heaven. You may not know, but one day you will be surprised when God will show up and say, tell me what you want. Why? Because you have honored me. Because you have honored me. Because you have honored me. When we find time for God, I tell you, God finds time for us. It's one way to establish covenant with God. Spending time with God. In fact, the longer the better. Some will say, oh, must I stay there for hours? Stay there for hours. Learn how to stay in God's presence for a long period. It is a blessed moment. There are things that God wants to say to us, but we don't have time to listen. And so, since we cannot spend time or discipline ourselves enough to cut off from every noise and bustling of the world, you find out that those things will not be released because we did not create time. Bishop Oedipo sometimes ago said he went to visit some friends in a certain city. Drove down there and he didn't meet any one of them. Knocked everywhere. The door were closed and they didn't tell him they were going to travel. So he went back into his car and was driving home to say, okay, disappointed. All of a sudden, the Lord said, find a place. I want to talk to you. And he, he quickly checked into an hotel on platform for 18 hours. 18 hours. That was what gave birth to Winner's Chapel today. 18 hours of encounter. If he did not find a place, or if he had met those friends and he has wasted all the day in that, I mean, with those friends, that revelation may not come. It, there's blessing in finding time for God. There's blessing in creating and saying, what are you doing? I just want to, this weekend is just for God. See, if you take vacation, 
you take out work, for, take time off from work to go on vacation. We can also take time off from work to find time for God. You can decide to say three days, I'm spending it for the Lord. And they say, ah, you're taking vacation. No, I'm not taking vacation. I just want to go spend time with my God. If we learn this habit, I tell you, there are a lot of things that God can do with us that we yet, not un- we yet don't know because we are not yet finding time. Let's find time. Let's create time. If we stay long enough in his presence, the world will look for us. As a matter of fact, your height in the world of men is a function of your depth with God. Our height in this world you want to stand tall in this world. It depends on how much you kneel in his presence. We need to find time. We need to create time. We need to spend time and say this is dedicated to God and nothing tampers with it. He not walk with God. The Bible tells us in Genesis chapter 5 verse 22. He not walk with God. And then he birthed Methuselah and so on and so forth. In verse 24 the scripture repeated it again. And he not walk with God. So walking with God was his lifestyle. And the scripture says in verse 24 that God took him. After he has walked with God, find time for God. Preach it to somebody beside you. Find time for God. And God will find time for you. Very important. Very important. The Bible tells us that the secret of the Lord is with them that fear him. And he will show them his covenant. Psalm 25 verse 14. He will show them his covenant. The secret of the dream that Nebuchadnezzar had was revealed to Daniel in the place of intimacy that Daniel had with God. If Daniel has not had that night with God, he would probably have died with all the wise men of Babylon. But he created time. He said, let us ask of the Lord. I'm, I'm quoting from Daniel chapter 2 now, verse 19. Let us ask of the Lord that he might reveal the secret lest we perish with the wise men of Babylon. And the Bible says, at night, the secret was revealed to Daniel. May the Lord reveal unto you secrets. Secret that will take you to the next level in the name of the Lord Jesus. Many of us walk into hell today because we refuse to find time with God. Sometimes you find time with God in prayer and all of a sudden the Lord will start downloading occurrence of the following day to you. You have not even lived in those days. And God will be telling you this. And he said, God, why are you telling me? Say for your information. Find time with God. Find time with God. The Bible tells us that Noah built an ark, I mean, an altar for the Lord in Genesis chapter 8, verse 20, 22 to 22. It was finding time with God. Now, when you look at Psalm 34, verse 5, they look unto him and were radiant. They were lightened, the scripture says, and their faces were not ashamed. Their faces were not ashamed, meaning that if we stay long enough in his presence, we turn to his image. We become what we behold. Of course, 2 Corinthians chapter 3, 18 tells us that. We become what we behold. Spend time enough in God's presence. It's, 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 it's one, of the pros, I mean, one of the secrets of having covenant with God. You will so much be in, 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 in sync with God, so much so that the Lord will say, can I do anything without telling my friend Abraham, like he said concerning Abraham, seeing that it will become a great nation, was finding time with God. Brethren, men are brethren. The world is busy. Our neighborhood, we are too busy. People, things are, they are busy, talk, talk, here, here and there. But the scripture says in Isaiah, in quietness and in, in silence shall be your strength. But you will not. In quietness,
yes, it's just, that's where the strength is. Staying in God's presence where Lord revealed the secret of life unto us. Let's spend time with God in friendship. And I will say here, if you don't know Jesus, you have not given your life to him, you can't spend time with God you don't know. The first step in fellowshipping with God, in establishing fellowship with God, is by accepting Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. By yielding your life to Christ Jesus. I'm not talking of joining church. I'm talking of giving your life as somebody who wants to be saved. I was uh, riding with a guy ye- uh, yesterday or so uh, in Toronto uh, where I went for a program. And, and he, was, uh, he was talking about Hindu and all of that. And I said, do you know Jesus? He said, yeah, I've heard about Jesus Christ. And was mentioning all the Hindu prophets and gods they have. And I said, come. All this one you mentioned, did anyone die for you among them? He said, see, he said, this Jesus you are saying in our religion, that Jesus we believe in because the same message he's teaching is what he mentioned that name, one of the Hindu gods. That was the same message that God preached. He did not change anything at all. I said, good. I said, that's good. But did that God die for you? He said, no. So the Jesus I'm saying is different because he died for you. You, until you give your life to him ah, and I say okay that's different from religion that's true it's there from religion other religions are telling people to be nice so don't think because I'm nice that's what I'm a Christian Christianity is not being nice it's not just being nice you don't need to be a Christian to be nice do you understand me you don't need to be you're just being a human other religions are teaching the same thing be nice but I'm talking of salvation from destruction Salvation from, the, from internal damnation. Jesus says, I have come that they might have life and have it in abundance. Internal life is your peace and joy that you have with God when you connect with him. And it starts from here. So if you have not given your life to Christ, you are still talking of Islam, still talking I'm a Catholic, I'm a this, I'm a that. That's not what we're saying. We're not talking of religion. We're not talking of denomination. We are talking about salvation. Have you accepted Jesus and made him Lord over your life? That's why the name Jesus is not working for some people because they have not accepted him as Lord and Christ. He said, this Jesus has become Lord and Christ. Many people just have Jesus as somebody they can run to when there is trouble. And so when they run to him like sons of Kepha, that name doesn't work for them. I challenge you today. Are you saved? Are you truly born again? If the rapture happens today, can you beat your chest and say you will make it to the kingdom? If not, you better come to Jesus Christ. That's the first fellowship. Number two, one, two another way by which you can... Provoke covenant blessing is by giving. Honoring God with our substances and resources. Solomon did. In the book of 1 Kings chapter 3, verse 1 to 9, the Bible tells us Solomon offered unto the Lord sacrifice, and the Lord visited him. In 2 Chronicles chapter 1, verse 6 to 13, Solomon offered sacrifice to the Lord. In 2 Chronicles chapter 7, 5 to 7, the Bible says Solomon offered sacrifice to the Lord. Solomon gave to God so much that God asked to visit him that night and say, What do you want? What are you looking for? Because this giving is too outrageous. You are challenging me. You are moving heaven by your gift. You are shifting me from my seat by your gift. Some of us will give so much praise to the Lord that even God will have to stand on his, on his, from his seat and move towards our praise. If we know how to give praise unto God. So giving alone is, I mean, giving is not talking about money alone. Giving is not just money. The diff, you see, some people will just think when you talk about giving. Luke chapter 6, 38 says, it's a principle of life. Therefore, with the same measure that you use, it will be measured back to you. 
It's the principle of life. Whatever you give, you get back. It's as simple as that. And it's not just about money. When it comes to giving, we can give kindness. We can give love. We can give honor. We can give respect. We can give attention. We can, we can even give our time to people. We can give our treasure. We can give our talents. Giving is not just money. Okay, so and whatever you give to people, that's what you get. I was sharing that brethren in the morning. Some person will like, you know, but they, they don't smile at me in the church. You smile back too. Some will say, oh, this person is so wicked. He doesn't return my call. Do you return calls? Some will say, oh, they don't, give, they don't celebrate my birthday with me. When others are celebrating, do you celebrate with them? When you give to someone, they give back the same thing to you. That's the principles of life. Those are principles of life. So, see, don't just, don't just say, oh, well, I will not give, but I want to get. Some person will not know how to give respect, and they want people to respect them. Giving is, is important in our work with God, but we must be very careful. Know that whatever you give, that's what you get back. And I, I tell you, when you give something and you are not getting back, challenge it. Ask God. Why am I giving kindness to everyone and nobody is giving me back kindness? Why am, I, why am I supporting everyone but what I get back is, you know, betrayer and things like that? Why do I smile at people and what I get back is frown faces? You need to challenge it and say, no, devil, you cannot frustrate me because I am giving what I should give and I should get back what I want. Giving is very important. It's one critical area that God provokes, I mean, God moves when we, when we give. Now, Solomon did that same thing and the Lord responded. Now, let me tell us, there's difference between giving because it was instructed or it is instructed than giving just out of generosity. We can be in the church now and as worker we say, hey, please, just be kind to everybody uh, because this church wanted to be kind to people and all of that. That's your acting on instruction. But some persons will take it upon themselves and go extra mile to show kindness. Nobody is asking them. Nobody is going to reward them for it. But my father that sees in secret knows how to pay such back. We, we just stand up. We say, oh, you know what? I, I saw a family that is in need and I'm going to give them this. I'm going to give them that. That is sacrificial. You are just giving. Nobody is seeing when you are doing it. But I tell you, when we do that, we are provoking heaven. We are making heaven to move, to say, I will do what your heart desires because you gave. Giving is one important aspect. And Jesus Christ, our Lord, says it is blessed to do what? To give than to receive. Act chapter 20, verse 35. Give and it shall be given unto you, the scripture says. And in 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 6 to 7, message version. Message version. It says, remember, a stingy planter gets a stingy crop. A lavish planter gets a lavish crop. I want each of you to take plenty of time to think it over and make up your own mind what you will give. That, that, that will protect you against sub-stories and arm-twisting. God loves it when the giver delights in the giving. It is important. You know, Scripture says in King James Version, is if you give sparingly, you reap sparingly. But if you give generously you reap generously and that's what the scripture is saying there that god likes it when we give cheerfully 
So whatever we are giving, not grudgingly. We were in Toronto last, uh, last, last uh, two, two nights ago, and Daddy Adeboye was like, uh, when I observed, when I heard you, when they talked about offering, I saw many of you were not happy. You were frowning your face and all of that. He said, God does not need your money. It's a waste of your money. When you give it to God grudgingly, we need to be cheerful. We need to be cheerful. Such blessing, I mean, such giving is what attracts God's blessing. Now, the third one that I want to quickly speak on is obedience. And my wife just led us in that in prayer this morning. I believe she didn't see my notes, but then uh, the Holy Spirit must have been talking with, through her. Obedience. Ah, obedience is powerful. Kai. Brethren, may the Lord grant us grace to walk in obedience. Amen. You will obey God so well that God will be wondering, what do you want me to do for you? Obedience is powerful. Obedience is powerful. You see, the scripture says, after you have obeyed, then you will put to judgment every disobedience. You know why many people call God's name and it's not working for them? Because so many of us lack obedience. One way or the other, there will be something for us to obey. And our obedience must be part. And I'm not talking of obedience to church authority and all of that alone. What about your speed limit? What about that? You think devil cannot bring that up in the place of deliverance and say, you, that you are disobeying government's rule, and you say you will hold on to the constitution or whatever, and then the devil begins to plague some people's life just because of what they do. Some will cut their tax and do all the magomago with it and, and then think, no, when you are fully in obedience, that's when you can judge every obedience. The Lord was telling me one day, is your Christian life up to the level that the country will not need a police. When they say they need more police, it's because there are more criminals. But can you be one of those people who say, if people like me live in this country, we don't need police. Because I would obey every single instruction that they have, they have given. Many of us don't live in obedience. And if we don't live in obedience to God's commandment, to the commandment of the constitution and authority that we subject ourselves to, we are not helping God to make covenant with us. Abraham sacrificed his son in obedience. See, Abraham was not blessed just because he gave to God. Abraham was blessed because he sacrificed his son in obedience. Look at Genesis 26, verse 4 to 5. Genesis 26, verse 4 to 5. In fact, Hebrew 11, it says, by faith, Abraham obeyed God. Hebrew 11, 8, 11, verse 8. By faith, Abraham obeyed God. Now, Genesis 26, 4 to 5. And I will make thy seed to multiply. God was talking to Abraham, descendant. As the star of heaven, I will give unto thy seed all these countries. And in thy seed shall all the nation of the heart be blessed. Now, what is the, what is the continuous for? He said, because that Abraham obeyed my voice and kept my charge, my commandment, my statutes, and my law. Obedience is powerful in the kingdom. To obey is better than sacrifice. To obey is better than sacrifice. See, if you are not going to be obedient to the organization, just resign and leave. Seriously. If you're not going to be obedient, just resign. Many people are living in the disobedience today, and that is working against them. But when we decide to say, I will obey every single step, that, then you see God showing up for us. Of course, that's composer says, when we walk with the Lord in the light of his world, what a 
shines on our way when we He abides with us till we trust. I know. Look at someone sitting by the side. Oh, yeah. Trust and hope, my brother, for thy snow all the way to be happy in Jesus, but to trust and Amen. James chapter 2, 21 to 23. Abraham believed God and it was counted unto him for righteousness. Second Corinthians 6, 10. And after you have become fully obedient. I'm quoting from New Living Translation. After you have become fully obedient, we will punish everyone who remains disobedient. That's when you have authority to punish disobedience. Abraham was so obedient to God to letter to the extent that God has to make covenant with him. Do you know we can obey God instantly? As my wife was sharing with us a while ago, when God tells to Abraham at night, in the following morning, Abraham carries it out with no delay. Because delay is also half disobedient. You are not obedient so, so much. When we delay, look at what Saul did. He gave to the Lord. He went to that battle with the Amalekites. But he did not complete what God asked him to do. He actually disobeyed, but he was even still arguing. Obedience is one way. Quickly, I move to number four because of time, purity of life. That's holiness. Because holiness is the nature of God, operating in holiness draws us closer to God and attracts speedy covenant with him. Holiness is his nature. And when we operate in holiness, we are drawing ourselves closely to God. And we would attract covenant blessing. Matthew 5, 8 says, Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. There is something about holiness and power. We want power, let's stay in the life of holiness. Now, purity is important. Psalm 24, verse 3 to 5 says, Who shall ascend unto the hill of the Lord, and who shall stand in his holy place? Psalm 15, verse 1 to 5 tells us about who shall abide. There's difference between ascending there and abiding there. He that dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall, ab shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. We need to move there to dwell there. And so the scripture tells us that there's no way we can get there until we are Pure in his presence. Holiness is key. Now, what is holiness? The degree of purity. Ability to attempt a sinless and perfect life. Effort to live without sin. Some person say it's not possible. It's possible. Matthew 5, 48 says, Be ye perfect as your heavenly father is perfect. Leviticus 11, 44 says, You shall be holy unto me. For I, your God, I am holy. So it's possible. Holiness is possible. Now, holiness is different from righteousness. No one can be more righteous. I hope you know that. Righteousness is imputed into us. But holiness, we can be holier than one, one another, depending on the effort you put in. If you put an effort to say, I will obey God, I will keep to this command, I will do that, I will, you are making greater effort. You can be holier than one another. It's very possible. That's why Isaiah 65, verse 5, talk about being holier than thou and all of that. But Holiness is the effort you put into manifesting the righteous life that God has given you. And so when you make up your mind to say, I want to be holy. You see, some people will say it doesn't matter. It matters. Without holiness, the scripture says no man shall see the Lord. Hebrews chapter 11 verse 6. Without holiness, no one shall see the Lord. 
Holiness is in degree, and so we can become holy. Now, I will wrap it up this morning because of time on the last one, which I call service. Dedication and commitment to the kingdom advancement. Service is one way that we promote or provoke God's covenant blessing. Service. You give your time, your attention wholeheartedly. That's the word. Wholeheartedly. And be dedicated to the cause of heaven. You are steering heaven. It goes beyond just singing. It goes beyond just uh, declaration. It goes into acting it out. You know, here sometimes ago we mentioned uh, seven characteristics of, uh, of service. You remember? We talked about service and we mentioned seven characteristics that if you want to say you are serving, it must have all these things. Do we still remember that? Ah, some messages should be written ten times. <laughs> we forgot. We use the acronym service to define characteristics of service. What is the S? Who can remember? If you see this in service, I mean, if you see this in, your, in what you are doing, then it means service. Number one, what is the S? <laughs> okay. Amen. Can you go to that in my, on the slide so that everybody just sees that? <laughs> Seven characteristics of acceptable service. Number one, S means selfless. It has to be church, let's say it loud and clear. I don't believe that really there are messages you should preach three, four, five times so that it sticks with us so we don't get, forget so easily. Selfless. When it is service, it is selfless, it is sacrifice. Sacrificial rather. Service is sacrificial. Not seeking his own. Not seeking his own. He's seeking the good of others. That's what service is. Number two, what is the E? Expressive. It has to give out. Some people say, I'm serving, but uh, you are not showing it. I don't even know if I'm serving. If it's not expression, if it's not expressive, then that is not service. It has to be something you are giving out. Number three, rewarding. Even though it takes from us, but it is very fulfilling. It is very fulfilling. Hmm. It is very fulfilling. That song says, my life is yours. I just say yes. You lead the way. You, you remember that song? I'm not afraid for me to say ah, this life you gave ah, is not my own. Me on, and you say, Yes, ah, yes, Lord, yes, Lord, my life is yours. When you give your life to service in abundance, fully, you start moving heaven. The life you live is no longer yours. It's for others. Even though it, is, it takes from us, but it is very rewarding and fulfilling. Now, another word for service, which is V, is value added. Adding positively. Otherwise, it is disservice. If it's taken away from people, if it's not adding something positive to them, watch out. You are doing disservice to others. You, that's a disservice to the body where you belong. It must be value added. Then it must be intentional. Jesus says, I must do the work of he that sent me where it is day. For the night 
comment when no man shall walk. You must know that you are giving something. You must know that you are serving. It must be intentionally done. You have come to serve. I have given myself or offered myself to serve. And then it is costly. Very expensive. It takes from us for sure. David said, I will not give unto Christ, unto God, what does not cost me anything. Then it is very enduring. Service is very enduring. Now, when we give ourselves to service, we are provoking heaven. You will serve God so much that God himself will be moved and says, what do you want from me? Remember the scripture tells us one time that I sought for a man among them that should stand in the gap, that will make the hedge and stand in the gap before me for the land. He said that I should not destroy it, but I found none to do it. And so God destroyed them. I'm telling us today that God is still seeking for a man. God is still looking for someone who will stand in the place of service. Are you the person that God can count on? There's so much work we can do for God that it will move heaven in our favor. That sometimes we don't even need to pray. We don't even need to, you know, to, to do any prayer. Heaven is already responding because of our move to serve. Service is important. Jesus said to the disciple, that really touches my heart every now and then. God, what are we doing? Luke chapter 10 verse 2. He said, say to the Lord of harvest. The harvest is plenteous, but laborers are few. People are folding their hands. God needs help. Yet people are folding their hands. Jesus said, pray God that he will send laborers into his harvest. You and I, we are laborers that God is looking for. And if we can give ourselves to the Lord, God can walk through us. Second Chronicles 16, 19 says, For the eyes of the Lord moves to and fro throughout the whole head to show himself strong on the behalf of them whose heart is perfect towards him. I like the way New Living Translation put it. The eyes of the Lord searches the whole head in order to strengthen those whose heart are fully committed to him. He's still searching, brother. He's still looking, sister. Would you be available for the service of God? When we were called into this ministry, I never wanted to be a pastor. That's just the truth because of the, what it entails and so many needs that you have to meet and so many sacrifices that you have to give. I, I never wanted, it's not my desire. But one question that broke all of that from my heart is the Lord asked me, would you be available? I need a man. Would you be available? And I lay down flat on the floor with my hands stretched Say, Father, if I'm not available, then I'm good as dead. Why am I living if I'm not available? Use me, Lord. Walk with me, Lord. And that was the beginning of it all. You and I, we are here today for a purpose. Are you available for the Lord? Let's rise up. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. My life. Yes, yes, Lord. Yeah. We hope you were blessed by that teaching. For further inquiries, please visit our website www.rccgppp.org. You can also check us on Facebook and on YouTube at rccgpppsk, on Instagram and Twitter at rccgppp. If you are within the city of Regina, Canada, you can join us in person at 1771 Bond Street, S4N, 1X7 for a refreshing time in God's presence.